0: business and people. Your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. Hi, hey everyone. Welcome to the Business and People podcast. I'm your host, Walt Bayless. Today, I have with me somebody who has a creative mind that it blows me away how talented she actually is. Her, her murals actually caught my eye before I knew of her amazing professional status as well. She has been nominated, actually awarded 2019's Communicator of the Year. She has been selected in the top 20 for tech women in Canada. She's been 30 Under 30 in PR, she is the five times best speech winner with Toastmasters International. She is a professional photographer. She is an amazing artist, and it is my great pleasure to introduce you to Sandy Bell. Sandy, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for, uh, for saying all of that. You can write all of my bios moving forward. That was amazing. Nice. Cool. Thank you can you. have that as
0: the intro <laughs> of all of, your, you know, all of your work moving forward. Sandy, you've done some incredible things. Like As I'm looking through your portfolio, through your amazing history, you've done five years with Hootsuite. You were corporate communications manager there. You're now head of corporate communications at Vidyard, which is a video uh, platform online helping uh, customers get more traction more traffic more more views on through video how did this kind of dual life of an amazing artist now corporate communications kind of blend together for you
1: yeah well once uh someone once asked me if i had uh any superpower what would it be and it took me a little while to think about it but the answer i actually came up with was that i wish i could speak every language on earth Um, And I figured that would allow me not only to connect with anyone and everyone, learn lots of things, uh, share knowledge, but also um, I I saw a a really big connection there with the art as well. So things like um, whether you're doing corporate communications for your business or marketing, whether you're painting a mural or designing, you know, the side of a beer can, everything comes down to communication, uh, whether you're using visuals or words. So it's, um, Ah, I find that. You
0: actually managed, you managed to tap into your superpower.
1: I I hope so. You know what? I was one of those kids who wanted to be an artist. Um, When I grew up, I wanted to have this big studio with plants all over. And uh, my parents, you know, they, they absolutely would love to see that dream come true as well, but they're also taking a realistic eye at looking at, um, having a career. So, yeah, sure. uh, I tried to find, I tried to find a way where I could blend, uh, both of those things into one, uh, ultimately wanted to go into broadcast journalism. Um, so while I was taking, um, uh, you know, moving through that road, I, I just constantly kept doing art on the side. Um, I always wanted to marry an artist, which I ended up doing. So I constantly had uh, art and design in every single facet of my life. Um, uh, so ultimately it's been, uh, you know, it's been a, a, a lot of key learning to figure out how to blend the two, but it's I think it's been going really well. Keeps me really busy.
0: I can see that. I can see that. So your partner, Stephen, isn't it? Who runs uh, Pelvetica with you. Uh, you guys have got, and, and guys, please do yourself a favor. If you do nothing else from this podcast, go to pelvetica.com. Click on some of the work that Sandy's done. Like the, the murals and the work there is just absolutely incredible. Uh, you were talking about designing the side of a beer can. There's a there's a bear in your portfolio, which which found its way onto the side of the beer can. Actually, let's dig into that. How did that job come about?
1: Yeah, so um, there's a company here in Canada called Collective Arts. Uh, Collective Arts um, found an opportunity where instead of just hiring a graphic designer to design all their cans, they thought it would be a great opportunity to partner with artists and musicians to actually promote their cans. So every, uh, I believe it's every three or six months, they rotate all the art on their cans. Uh, Last, when we got our art on that can, uh, at that point, they had had nearly 20,000 submissions. So the competition is hot. It's global. They have people come from all around the world. Um, So it is an application process. Um, But working, see, this is the thing, is working in, uh, in communications and PR, you start to realize how these types of things work. So for example, yes, you can apply to be on the can, but then why don't you take it the next step further Figure out who the creative director is on their team. Figure out who the judging um, the judging crew will be, and actually reach out to them as well. So it's it's knowing that background actually has been you know instrumental in figuring out how to get our art where has
0: been <laughs> I love that, that is, that's, yeah. that's really cool I think you know from for our audience Sandy before we clicked on record I was telling you that our, our audience are entrepreneurs they're driven individuals they're people who set targets yeah. and, and and set things for their life I I think they could take a lot out of that being able to literally coordinate something that you're wanting to achieve like a in inverted commas like a mafia hit your it out who do I need to get to and how do I move that yeah. through do you do that on a daily basis in your role with Vijay? is that the kind yeah. of approach that you take
1: yeah. So, just uh, it's ironic that you ask. So, just yesterday, our product manager um, was telling me that we're going to be launching a new product on Product Hunt, and because I don't have much experience on Product Hunt, I decided to tap the networks that I belong to uh, in PR and corp comms and uh, book a couple calls with some people who have had successful launches on Product Hunt. So, over the last 24 hours, I managed to talk to one in Paris and one in San Francisco. Wow. Uh, they both had a very uh, different view on how they approached their pro- product hunts, but they both made it to number two product of the day. Uh, they both gave me a ton of key learnings if they could do it all again. So it's, it's wow. you know, you have a goal, but um, it's so much of achieving the goal comes down to diving into all of the different specifics on uh, how to make, you know, how to break down the large goal into smaller goals and then break those steps into smaller, smaller goals. And, and you know, just,
0: I love it. I think, I think that's so that. very, very cool. So Sandy, take us back a little bit. You were saying that uh, your parents are, they would love for the dream to come through of the big studio with lots of plants, but they were practical <laughs> saying, Hey, you've also got to be able to pay your bills. So uh, I'm I'm watching your career. I'm, I'm seeing it as you've kind of morphed through you've always had this photography artist kind of world and at the same time been doing public relations in corporate have you always done those two things together or was there a time that you've kind of pushed one to the side and focused on another
1: (laughs) it's a good question so um to summarize that um when i graduated university i graduated with a corporate communications degree so very business um focused degree Um, I then got a job as a BDR in sales for a large uh, software company and while I was doing that I had moved into this um, this very white walled um, loft condo which was brand new there were, everything was just white and um, so over the christmas break my he was my boyfriend at the time and ended up marrying him but we ended up um, deciding to paint one of these large walls after we had gone to the wallpaper store and we'd initially thought of doing this, like, you know, those really hipstery wallpapers of like tomato illustrations and like little, you know, cutesy things. So we, we initially had this vision to, um, to do one of the walls in the condo with this really fun wallpaper. When we priced it out, it was $450. Um, so we ultimately decided to, um, to paint it by hand uh, and collaborate on an art piece. Um, so within about eight days, we ended up painting a mural in our loft, uh, which was, um, uh, at that time, I didn't really think anything too much of it, but I liked the fact that we had just like taken the challenge, which didn't end up working out, but we found a solution that worked for us. And ultimately, I contacted the local newspaper uh, in my town and told them what I had done. Um, and I, I I guess without even knowing it, I had pitched it um, right, looking cool. back on it now, because i because i I contacted the art editor. I said, Hey, we wanted to paint a mural uh initi or we wanted to put wallpaper up initially it was four hundred and fifty dollars. We ended up painting the whole thing for four dollars and fifty cents. Wow. Um so um uh, nice. they ended up uh writing a a big feature on it, a big full full page spread in their art section. And um did you find the off first the mural we ever did.
0: <laughs> did you find me look after that? Did you get some bookings? No.
1: no. No, we actually didn't. We didn't paint another mural for about four years after that. Okay, um, the next right. mural came up. Uh, yeah, the next mural came up when I was working with um, another software company called Hootsuite. And uh, I joined Hootsuite when they were a very small company and grew with them uh, over about six years. And while I was uh, growing with them, they had gone through this challenge where they kept having, you know you know, 30 people would turn into 50, would turn into 75, would turn into 250. And they kept having to go through all these office office expansions in order to get there. Mm. So at one point, they were trying to uh, merge these, like, six tiny little offices into this one brand new building, which had a lot of white walls. Mm. So they put out a call for artists to uh, submit for uh, painting, you know, to the community of artists. And um, Steve and I ended up uh, pitching for one of them. Um, we got one, which was awesome. And then we ultimately got asked to do three more. So we did four at Hootsuite. And then um, we ended up getting uh, reached out by a number of other companies in Vancouver. And then uh, people took work, uh, notice of our work on, you know, I was posting it on LinkedIn. So then we got some work in LA and New York. And wow, uh, it's interesting what can happen with, uh, you know, Social media marketing allows your work to go to any corner of the
0: world. I love the it. And, and again, uh, <laughs> so that, that mural of the owl, I can see why it got so much traction. It's, it's really amazing. Um, can I just ask about your time with Hootsuite? So I find it fascinating, yeah. Hootsuite's journey itself. Uh, as you said, they grew, you grew with them. So you know, from 30 yeah. to 50 to 250 to, you know, to where they are today is amazing. Did it feel like every day there are new people in your office? Did it feel like like it just was a never-ending, incoming funnel of people?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I joined Hootsuite when there were um, about 30 people. And they had had their biggest hiring day ever. And that was eight people. Wow, <laughs> so okay, it became right. 30. <laughs> so um, that was, a, that was uh, back in uh, 2011. And from that point on, it was interesting because within about three months, they had grown to 50 and then 75. And then we were hiring, you know, 10, 12 people every Monday, uh, wow. which was really interesting to grow with a company like that. There was, um, I always had this challenge to try to know everybody's names in the office, but, you know, just create that human personal connection. But it gets really difficult, you know, post 100. Yeah. Uh, When you hit 150, you start to feel like there's strangers in the office and then you hit 200. And uh, by the time I left, they were near a thousand, if not already a thousand. So um, obviously, you can't know everyone at that point. But uh, Mm -hmm. corporate culture becomes really important as companies grow, which is, again, that's very much the conversation that I'm having with bringing murals into offices as mm, I constantly yeah, am yeah. talking to CEOs leaders executives about how they can better uh, bring their people together through public murals that are within their office walls uh, yeah, I because I work with a comms eye and background I constantly see mural opportunities as backdrops for magazine covers and uh, you know TechCrunch front page views and things it's um, they really do go hand in hand, which has yeah. been, an, I think, an interesting way to connect the two. That I, I didn't really, I don't think I could have ever understood how they would go hand in hand unless I did end up in business doing art.
0: Fantastic! Really so great, se- like really great connection yeah. opportunity. So, Sandy, tell me about the role of corporate communication. So, what, what's a yeah. day in the life of you for, for, uh, for work at, at uh, video?
1: Yeah. It's a it's it's a really interesting role. So uh, public relations. uh, When you look at public relations, it's only one of the spokes on a wheel. So think about um, you know bike wheel. It's got a hub in the middle. Uh, You got your public relations on one spoke. You got your analyst relations. You know got your internal comms. You got all the different stakeholders that your company uh, maps and mirrors to. And as a corporate communications person, you essentially are the hub that sits in the middle that connects your business to all of the different stakeholders on the other side. Um, so in a lot of ways, you know, it's, it comes down to a ton of um, education on what you're doing within the market, what your vision is within the market, um, ensuring that your company or your customers are, uh, you know, having a great experience with your product, ensuring that analysts know exactly what your product is doing, what pain points it's solving, uh, as well as just, you know, being the, um, the educator and the response to uh, public inquiry from press or being, um, you know, reactive to inbound requests that come in um, applying for awards, getting your executives to, you know, get stage time to be able to talk about your products with your customers. Uh, so it's a very well-rounded role. Um, wow. I never envisioned myself going into a role like this, quite frankly, when I was going through university, I had no idea I would end up in public relations, which ultimately got me into corporate communications, but um, I just kind of took the degree and decided to figure it out once I graduated. Yeah,
0: sure. I'm, um, I think probably a lot of people feel that same way. So the, the role is yeah. is uh, taking the, the company message, the vision of the founders, and making sure yeah. that everybody in the company is aligned with that. So do you find yourself mm-hmm. in an HR kind of role as well? You're, you're, you're talking to employees about uh, how they're fitting in and how the, all that kind of stuff is working?
1: Not... Directly, yeah. um, I work very closely. I would say as a partnership with the talent team, but ultimately they they would hold the mandate and the KPIs to uh, report on their values and their happy, you know, their um, employee net promoter scores and things. Oh. Uh, my role would be more so at Vidyard, for example. Uh, one of the company traditions, which I really love, actually is every Tuesday. The whole company gets together from 12 to 1 p.m. and we have a company stand up. And that seems like that, you know, m- might sound like a lot to do that once a week for your employees. But uh, you you wouldn't believe how much it aligns us as one gigantic family by doing that. Um, I joined the company when there was about 100 people and there are uh, over 200 now. And within that, even that transition time, it allows uh, me to get up, for example, and talk about different press hits that we had had that week or different awards that we had applied for. And maybe not one, but maybe people in dev or finance are interested in the process of actually even applying an award for an award and what that looks like. Um, so it's, it's really designed from my perspective to make sure that all of the teams are, you know, communicating and understanding what's going on. Yeah. I think it's really important for that to... Uh, for that to be a role within your company because at the end of the day, like every employee spends so much time at their job that if they're not all on board and they're not all steering toward the right direction, then, you know, you could fall off the boat. <laughs> it's uh mm-hmm. there's lots of opportunities where people can uh you know veer off, they lose motivation, they lose focus, um, maybe they have, you know, different opportunities that they want to go chase, which is fine. But you really want everyone in the organization to to be you know rowing the the same battles
0: yeah definitely is the um, um the company structure at vidyard is it uh office based or is there a remote component do you have people that are working outside coming in occasionally or are they is everybody coming to work all day every day um
1: uh, so it's it's quite flexible um i actually spent the first two years of my time with vidyard in the vancouver british columbia office mm-hmm so I was one of their, um, I was actually one of their first three employees that and all of us were remote. We didn't have an office in Vancouver yet. Um, so we were just working from our home offices, which was, you know, it, it is what it is. Eventually, we grew to hire a couple of uh, salespeople. So then we got uh, an actual office where there was, I think, 11 of us, which was exciting because we were all, uh, we had a physical place to go to each day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we grew that office to about 22 and then we got too big for it um so we opened a little bit of a bigger office and it's um you know it's it being a part it i found it really interesting to be to experience Vidyard as you know, three things, as a remote employee, working from a home office, uh, working from a remote Vancouver-based office when we're actually in, uh, near Toronto. And then the third option is what I'm doing now, which um, I actually moved to Kitchener-Waterloo, which is just about an hour outside of Toronto. And now I work for the HQ office. Wow. Uh, so I've had those three experiences um, in three years, which is great because if I'm on a, a Zoom call, then you know, I have people who might be working from home, and one, pe- you know, someone else who may be working from the Vancouver office. And I, I understand their challenges if the audio is not working, or if people are late, or they can't, you know, put their hand up and contribute when they want to. It's um, because you're in those shoes. It's it's really important to make yeah. sure that everyone has a good experience when we're collaborating. Yeah. Um, so we are set up for um, most people. I would say are coming into the office, the HQ office or the Vancouver office. Uh, but Vidyard's a very flexible company there. And if people need to work from home, it, um, this company is incredible at trusting you to do your job when you, know, you need to do your job.
0: Cool. It seems to be the, the good way it's going. So now from your history, Sandy, with, with uh, working with Hootsuite through that incredible growth, now uh, working yeah. with Vidyard and doing that as well, knowing what you know now and, and taking the lessons that you've learned, if you could wind back, you know, uh, uh, to the start of Vidyard, what would you do differently to help yeah. them accelerate their growth, knowing what you know from all of the different um, even failed uh, award applications or, you know, where you haven't quite like, yeah. achieved something versus where you have? Like, what would you do differently to accelerate that growth?
1: Yeah, so I would say the it it's always been my answer would be a, a it's always been in the back of my head, but I've never fully prioritized it. And that would be basing every single thing I do around customer PR, uh, or on customer storytelling, um, which, you know, I, I always have it in the back of my head. But if you've got, you know, 10 things on your plate and they're all due tomorrow at 2.05 p.m., um, if you can somehow find your priorities list in your role and... Float the customer-related ones, or the the ones that will directly impact or change perception or celebrate customers. Um, Knowing what I know now, I would say constantly uh, float those to the top. They're the ones that have the most impact. They're the ones that have the most impact for your sales team. Can I ask for some
0: examples? Because I think that's that's such a strong message for anybody that's that's listening. Uh, Can I dig into that just a little bit? So when you say that the the customer message uh, really has the the biggest impact, how do you mean?
1: Yeah. So for example, we, I just wrapped up a campaign, which is a perfect example, actually, of what you've asked here. So we have, you know, all these customers at Vadyard who are using our software product. And that's not very exciting sounding like, yeah, they're using software, but who cares, right? Um, But we wanted to dive into those customers and figure out, you know, how are they exactly using the product mm. so we launched um, a program called the video and business awards which we opened up to not only customers but anyone who's using video within their business mm. uh, and we put this out there and we said you know there's three cat or there's four categories there's video in marketing video and sales video in production and um, the video mastery award which is video across your entire business uh, and we worked directly with our CSM team to make sure that we could get make sure that all every single one of our customers had the opportunity to apply for those awards in which they would share the story and the metrics and the challenges of how, challenges of how they brought video into their business. And by the end of that program, that was um, five weeks. We just wrapped it up. We had uh, hundreds of customer stories that came in. Uh, wow. I think 60% of them were customer-based stories, which was incredible because now I look at the fact that um, if I filter through all those stories... We had um, 50 that were exceptional. They either won first, second, third, or honorable mentions. So 50 of the hundreds were, you know, guaranteed great for me. Uh, but it also gives me incredible stories to take to our team throughout the entire 2020 year coming up. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, say I've got 50 customers that are great, and there's 52 weeks in a year, I could essentially prioritize one customer per week and bring it to that Tuesday town hall and talk about how they're using our product and you know what challenges they've had or wow. uh, what wins they've had what, what business they've closed so you know you can use that from a comms and PR role you can get um, you can you know apply for panels like put together customer panels so you know take five of those people who were uh, applied for marketing and get them all on a panel and put a panel applicable together for web summit or something. And it's like, if you have so many great example stories that are coming from the mouths of the customers who use your products every day, uh, it's, it's way more powerful than a bunch of people who work at the company talking about how awesome the company is. So it doesn't Absolutely. Go very far.
0: Yeah, definitely. I can, I can see that from a mile away. I love that. I think um, the, uh, the ability to have those customer stories feeds not only the marketing side of things, which as you said, you know, you can, that is, Uh, it's a terrible way to think of it but that is social media goal to be able to have those 50 stories over 50 weeks you know being able to drive 2020 forward i think that's that's an amazing thing but being able to take Mm -hmm. that back internally as well and sharing it as you were saying with the weekly stand-ups to be able to say okay guys this week we're going to talk about you know john's shoes or whoever they are and let's talk about how they fitted i think that's that's incredible so um uh, that's that's an amazing insight in terms of what you would do differently for for growth. What are some of the mistakes that you've seen made that you think okay we 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 really didn't step well in that direction and you know some of the things that you learned along the way from that as well?
1: yeah um, the ones that come to mind automatically would be um, I guess two things one the first one would be rushing. Um, award applications, okay. uh, feeling like everyone, you know, looking at the history of the award and who's won it, and feeling like, you know, I, I completely, I should be winning that. And then rushing an application together because you think that, you know, that's one that you should be winning uh, without putting the quality time in and getting customer quotes in and having uh, proper stats pulled from your team. I think that that's uh, a miss that a lot of people do find challenging. Mm. Um, and the same thing I would say um, when you're putting together Event speaking op- applications as well. It's very much the same thing. But uh, when these speaker calls come out for uh, large conferences like Web Summit or uh, you know SASTER down in uh, in California, they draw hundreds of applications. And if there's not, if if you can't find a way where you're going to get noticed in all of those applications, and you've just put together a copy and paste that you've submitted to twenty other applications the odds of you getting selected are so limiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, mm-hmm. you know, the amount of time that you spend copying and pasting is actually, I would say reversing the reputation that you want because nice. you're only hurting yourself if you're not uh, getting nothing. accepted nothing. for these things. So, um, so balance, really uh,
0: but make sure you win the pick war. Pick
1: your battles. I, yeah. Like pick, pick the things that you want and do whatever, like what I said at the very beginning of the recording is, um, you know, find the back doors to everything that you do. Uh, Try to figure out how people have, you know, connect with people within your network who have submitted for certain events in the past or certain awards in the past and uh, do things that are different to get noticed. Uh, So at at Vidyard, we're obviously um, a very video heavy business and everything that we do. Um, So one thing that I do from a, a communications and PR perspective is I add video to everything Mm -hmm. so for example if if I'm applying for an award uh, and there's no upload video component to the award then I'll just record a video anyway and I'll give them a URL that they can go to and then I'll do exactly what I'm doing right now where I'll talk to them about the exact application that I otherwise could have just typed out 600 words and hope they read it which they don't because i know yeah, right. <laughs> so um, and the same thing when you're in apply applying for uh, an event as well it's uh, they're getting hundreds you know it's typically done through the google doc form and yep. there's no way to upload files but if you can just uh, summarize your entire um pitch or have the speaker if you're trying to get your ceo or your vp of marketing up there you know get them to record a video and put their uh, a url in up there video hosted because it goes so so far, um, yeah. to see and hear and talk to people like we're doing right now,
0: to stand out, to be to be less, uh, to be uh, yeah, less copy and paste and more unique yeah. in, in what you're doing. So, Sandy, we, yeah. we, have, we have this show, which is the Business and People Podcast. So you've talked about the business side being the the mistakes and some of the things that you've learned. Now let's talk about the people side. Yeah. When we go back to just graduating, you graduated with corporate comms. You know, we talked about mm-hmm. your mom and dad saying, hey, I'd love you to paint pictures, but, you know, pay the bills at the same time. <laughs> Knowing yeah. the journey that you've been on, one of the other things that you said was, I never thought I would see myself in this role, okay, which is... Yeah. Uh, you know, all that time ago, knowing what you know now personally and taking yourself mm. back to that fresh graduating Sandy and being able to
1: yeah. jump in our
0: time machine, go back, sit down with Sandy all those years ago. Yeah. What would you tell yourself to do differently graduating out of college to be able to to fast track your success to what you have now?
1: Yeah, um, my biggest key learning was in third year of um, the university that I graduated from and that was that, um, I was on campus and I remember just like eating lunch one evening or dinner one evening and thinking, why does this university have an association for everything except communications? It just like there, <laughs> there was communicate, you know, there was a business association, there was a science, there was no student association for communications people. Um, so I teamed up with uh, five other communications friends of mine that we just met in class and we started um, what's called the CSA, the Communications Students Association. Uh, we started in the third year and uh, got buy-in from the university and within uh, the, by the end of fourth year, we had 150 members um, wow. getting on buses and going to studios and like actually experiencing communications. So um, I, when I started to think about the fact that We all do a lot of wishing, and you know, I wish this, I wish that, I I wish this existed. Um, We don't do enough doing it ourselves. (laughs) So, for example, like another one that that comes to mind is um, I had just moved to a new city last year, and I saw uh, a ton of people constantly trying to pitch um, these prediction pieces. It's like, what's going to be hot in 2019, and what's going to, you know, be hot in FinServe and you know, why not? Whatever example. But um, I thought to myself, well, I want to know what's going to be hot in Waterloo region, which is where I just moved to. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, contacted, uh, I contacted CDC, which is one of our uh, large publications here. And I said, hey, would you be open to me going out to leaders of our region and asking them all uh, what their prediction is for 2020 within the Waterloo region? Um, So they said, yeah, absolutely. this sounds interesting. So I said, okay, within give me a week, I'll come back to you with 10 leaders. And um, I'm going to get them to write 150 words each. Um, Within that week, I ended up gathering, I think, 22 leader responses from everyone from financial services to education to technology to not for profit to, you know, some of the the government bodies um, in our region. And when I was able to present this to her, she She not only wrote one piece, she wrote three, which was incredible, but it was a really good, it was a good moment, I think, for just personal psychology where, again, if you want something to exist, you just need to, like, stand up and do it and uh, be the the change.
0: (laughs) Uh, you You
1: need to... You need to stop wishing that things existed and just actually go and do it. <laughs> so, it's I, frustrating, I but it. it's true.
0: <laughs> no, honestly, yeah, like I'm there's sure. there's no there's no better soundbite than that. You know, stop wishing, start doing, and and be be the difference yeah. that you want it to be. I think is absolutely phenomenal, Sandy. I I can see. You know, when I look at some of the murals that you've done, and and uh, I'm thinking of the one with the wings. With I think it's Steve standing in front. Uh, yeah. aligning with what you just said right there the the ability to take flight and do uh comes from within mm-hmm. and i i think that that's absolutely incredible sandy thank you so much I, i'm really grateful for your time i know i've caught you in, in the studio at home uh and i really appreciate the the chance to uh, to jump on and chat with you can i just ask you one last question before we wrap up what's next for you yeah where do you see you know 2020 leading you what's what's happening in your world that we'll see moving forward
1: yeah. Um, so what's happening in my world right now, um, does really excite me and it's, um, going to excite me in 2020. And that is, um, so taking that same model with the predictions piece that I just mentioned, um, I was trying to find a better way to connect all the communications, the people like me who do my job within our region here in Waterloo. Um, so I've been, uh, curating people over the last, um, year now, and we're up to 65 people and we now, um, started a new organization here called WRPR. So it's Waterloo Region Public Relations. And we're meeting um, once every two months uh, for breakfast. And we get everyone who does the same job in a room and we talk over breakfast for about two hours, talk about our goals, our challenges, technology in our space, um, how we can help each other do things like these um, communications and predictions pieces. But again, it's just like... (sighs) We don't all know everything, but if we can get a lot of us into a room who have varied experience with what other, you know, other ones, of, of, other of us do, uh, it can go so, so far. So I'm really excited about um, growing WRPR within our region and uh, just connecting people in general. I really find that knowledge sharing is one of the most impactful things that we can do. Uh, anyone can do it. It's We're all mentors to someone when you think about it. Everyone says I want a mentor, but we don't realize how many people would want us as a mentor.
0: Yeah, exactly. And how many shared experiences can benefit all. Sandy, thank you so much. I really enjoy it. I think, uh, you know, we're going to see some amazing things come from that collaboration uh, coming out of the Waterloo region. And I think, you know, personally, from your perspective, I think uh, as a leader in that space, um, you're a shining light. So uh, congratulations and well done. I'm excited to see what you've got coming through. Again, Sandy, thank you so much for joining me. I've really enjoyed the, the experience of chatting through with you. And uh, I, again, um, yeah. congratulations on the success so far and I can't wait to see what's coming next for you.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been really fun. I, I've been listening to lots of episodes. I look forward to many more.
0: Thank you so much. Cheers.
1: Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, everyone. It's Walt. And thanks so much for listening to the episodes on the podcast. We really love bringing these interviews to you and I hope you're getting a lot out of them. We've designed the podcast to really help and to engage with everybody out there. So you could help us by simply leaving us a comment or a review, subscribing, subscribing on iTunes. Head over there now. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us. It helps
1: more than you could possibly believe. Do that now, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.